0: There's a lot of hype around the Chicago Bears right now. So what is real? And what is just smoke being blown places it has no business going? Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears joins me for an off-season crossover on today's show. Caught by
1: Watson. You are locked on Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked on podcast now. And he will score. Your team every day.
0: Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow me on Instagram, Peter underscore Bukowski. No one knows what's happening with Twitter, but uh, I'm I'm over there. If you want to come hang out, uh, we're over there too. And speaking of hanging out, let's hang out with our buddy, Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears. All right. We had a blast with our pal, Matt Derry here on Locked on Packers. So Locked on Packers and Locked on Bears had to get together to do a little off-season trash. No, not trash talk. We're not, we won't, we won't do too much trash talking. I'll leave that for me and Luke Braun. Uh, locked on Vikings. Uh, Lauren Cox locked on Bears. Peter Bukowski locked on Packers. And for those of you watching on YouTube, you can already see in the rundown, we got fireworks off the top. Justin Fields talk, Jordan Love talk. But Lauren, let's just sort of look 30,000 foot view here for Chicago. As you sit here, what was the big storyline over the last few months? Let's go after the draft because we know number
1: one overall pick, DJ Moore, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, from this point on, it's just been taking all the new pieces and assimilating, right? Trying to get everybody on the same page as quickly as possible, seeing how Justin Fields can get on the same page with DJ Moore, how the new offensive line pieces can start to mesh together and some of the new pieces on defense. You know, how how quickly can this group of roster turnover form some sort of a cohesive unit and obviously like otas and minicamp is not going to be something that's super representative of what we see on the field on sundays in the regular season but you know at least you can kind of get a sense of how personalities are going to mesh and how you know year two in luke Getz's offense how players seem to be having a better understanding of what's being asked of them they can have deeper conversations about it and, and then hopefully that that builds up into something better in the regular season but at the same time everybody that's in new is starting from square one. So there's kind of this transition period of like guys who were here, help with the new guys and try to figure out what the identity of the, the future of this team is going to look like.
0: So one of the criticisms last year of this bears team was they didn't do enough to give Justin Fields help. And I, I was sympathetic to that, by the way, I did, I was like, they, this is wild that they're just letting this, this is the team that they're going to roll into the season with you. And I talked about it, I think before the season. And then again, during the season that Earl was week three, week two or week three, or just sort of like, I guess this is it. This is the team. Um, a lot more now with Darnell Wright in the fold, DJ Moore in the fold. Um, they added Chase Claypool in the middle of last season. So do you feel like, okay, now we're in a place that is, that is the the narrative now. Okay. Now we're going to find out about Justin Fields. Is that fair? Do you think?
1: Mostly? Uh, so mm-hmm. I, there's, there's, there's sort of a caveat there. It's like offensively. Yes. Now we're going to find out about Justin Fields. The offensive line is in place with five starters that you're feeling pretty darn good about. You got wide, you got three deep at wide receiver that you're feeling again pretty good about. These are not yeah, top it's five. Good, it's a good group. Yeah, and you know you got a couple of tight ends and in Kolcumen and, and Bob Tanyan, and then a backfield that is at least deeper, if not as top heavy, with, with no David Montgomery, but replace him with some some quality running backs there. So you feel like the pieces are there offensively to say we can see what Justin Fields is as a passer. That doesn't mean we're going to see the ceiling of this bears team just yet. Cause there's some very real questions on defense. And I think ultimately they're going to lose some games with being so young and also just a lot of new pieces that have to all get on the same page. There's going to be some mistakes along the way, but I think even if the box score, isn't going to be the perfect measurement of, of how this team does. I do think on the field, there shouldn't be excuses left offensively for the, the supporting cast around Justin Fields. How much better do you think he
0: has to be? Is this going to be like, I, I know it when I see it, or are you looking at yardage? Like, what is it, a combination of all those things?
1: Yeah, it feels to me more like a know it when I see it. Like, if I don't know, it feels like kind of like how we talk about Lamar Jackson in the sense where it's like, you know, if you just look at pure passing yards as a volume stat, you know, he's not going to rank in the top 20 in the NFL, maybe not even top 25 at that point. But if the offense is scoring points and the Bears – I say, and the Bears are winning games, but specifically, if the offense isn't keeping them from winning games, because yeah. the defense to keep them winning games. But you know, if they're if they're consistently scoring up with some of the better teams in the league, I don't know that they're going to be super worried about whether Justin Fields hits four thousand passing yards or even thirty five hundred passing yards. I mean, you need to see progress certainly, but like whether that progress is perfectly measured in the box score versus just something you sort of see and feel like the offense is a real threat beyond just him in the leg. Like his arm has to be a threat, even if it's not the number one thing carrying the offense.
0: So you're, you're obviously aware of what is happening out there with, with some of the excuses that are being made. You know, we have talked about some of the, I'll call them caveats. I don't think you play the excuse game with Justin Fields. Um, How sympathetic are you to some of the excuses being made out there in terms of like, okay, well, but.
1: Certainly I think they were valid last season, but I, again, like I think those are running out. Like, I do think this is like go time, not in terms of like, again, winning games and making the playoffs and being in a Bowl push, but just go time in terms of like, we need to see more consistency in the passing game that I was, I often describe Justin Fields as a quarterback who makes the difficult things look easy and the easy things look difficult. And, and that feels like the thing that like, it's easier than to teach the easy things that he's struggling with or was struggling with. And so, Now that you have receivers who you can trust to be open on time and catch the ball when the ball gets there, you have an offensive line that you think should be able to mostly protect him pretty well. Darnell Wright might make some rookie mistakes here and there. And Braxton Jones is still young. They've got some young guys up front that might not be perfect, but should be good enough that a reasonable quarterback should be able to take some steps forward. As long as we're not expecting Jalen Hurts MVP caliber stuff and, and more like steady progress forward, I think that's the more reasonable place to be.
0: Have you seen Clay Harbor's t- Twitter feed? Um, yeah. I, so the, the thing that I'm, that I'm looking at here is there, there's a lot of indicators, a lot of the advanced stats on things like um, taking sacks, turning pressures into sacks, some of the, the pure productivity numbers. Like we're talking about a pretty big jump that Justin Fields needs to make. How, how, has your, how has your assessment of his ceiling changed since he's been in the league, if at all? Because I feel like I came into the draft – really excited about him as a prospect and like irrespective of the team that he plays for I like to be right about my evaluations <laughs> like I, I care about being right more than anything else um Bears fans know that about me and so uh like it has been concerning that we haven't seen more How has your opinion of where you think he can get to if
1: at all maybe it hasn't yeah I mean to me it's like It's more about the likelihood that he gets there. That's what it is, right? I mean, I think that's what you're asking, but just... Yeah, I think that... No, no, I think that's right. I think we all see what he... You think what he could be capable of with those legs, with that arm and everything, but, like, the likelihood that he gets there, yeah, I mean, I think it it has come down slightly, just, like, the longer that it's been, that you feel like if he were truly going to be, like, Patrick Mahomes' transcendent talent, that we probably would have seen a little bit more even with everything stacked against him last season, like there would have been more of those flashes of, of passing moments. There were moments, but like would have wanted to see like a little bit more. And I don't, I just don't think those are, you know, reasonable expectations even. And so like, yeah, maybe the the chances of him being that high, that peak high end of Justin Fields are a little bit lower than I thought they would. But I do think, we've gotten so caught up and I don't mean like you and I, but, but just like generally the general like that discourse has gotten so caught up on like either he's going to be Jalen hurts MVP or he's going to be a complete bust. And I do feel like there's this really solid middle ground of a quarterback yeah. who makes some too many, gives up too many sacks, maybe throws too many interceptions. Like I think of like non MVP cam Newton kind of years where it's like, yeah, there's big play potential and there's mistakes. And you get frustrated, but his legs are still really good. And you're like, wow, like that guy can still do some special stuff, but only one Super Bowl and you know, maybe one MVP caliber season, like that kind of like ceiling there is where I end up finding more and more like not peak cam Newton, but like middle cam Newton, it would be a fine career for Justin Fields. The, the name that I keep going back to tell me what you think about this
0: faster. Ryan Tannehill. That feels like an insult. You know what I mean? Like, but but like if you go back and look at the passing efficiency in Tennessee, when he had Derek Henry and AJ Brown, like you put the pieces around him in the right offense, that's play action heavy. He's still someone who has pocket awareness issues and Justin Fields has more arm talent than Ryan Tannehill. Okay. Like I, I totally understand that and he's got more rushing talent, but Ryan Tannehill, I think ran four fours, Like he was a receiver at Texas A&M Mike Sherman converted him to quarterback. And so when Tannehill takes off, like I think he has a 70 yard touchdown in his bag at some point in the NFL. If you go back through like his Miami days, because I think Justin Fields has to rein some of that in a little bit, And win a little bit more from the pocket, but when I think about the ways that he can win, play action, make those make those play action shot plays, especially when you go back to Arthur Smith, like that seems to be if you could be a top ten by EPA per play, heavy play action, but have those sack issues. Like if we're just talking about some of those traits, that I think that that seems like a a reasonable high end comp for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think what I think about it's not a diss. I promise. Like I I think I it's not. I like Ryan Tannehill because I do think a Tannehill with more speed and a bigger arm has more playmaking ability then. And that was totally. the problem in, in Miami, especially it was like, is he good? Is he like good enough to justify a big contract or is he not? They were kind of in this sort of quarterback purgatory thing for a while where he wasn't good enough to put him over the top, but not bad enough to be replaced. But I think if you give Tannehill more arm strength and and, and more mobility, that that playmaking ability can be just enough to sort of put you over that. Not that you pay him as a top five quarterback in the NFL, but enough that you feel like, okay, like this is a guy, we can win with if we put enough supporting cast around him, but he's going to make some mistakes enough of the time that it's, it's he's not going to be able to overcome all sorts of odds against him. So I think I think that's more reasonable than, than it sounds when you first say it out loud. <laughs> so I want to get your perception of Jordan
0: Love uh, from from afar. Obviously, he has not had you know the opportunity to play Chicago. He's only had really extended playing time in what two and a half games, really—the one start with Kansas City, the fourth quarter against Philly, and the second half against Detroit. Otherwise, we're talking about mop-up duty, garbage time. What what is your perception
1: of him as a player? Yeah, I mean, I think my perception first and foremost is like I'm trying not to have a strong one yeah. know, at this stage of the game. Like I don't want to go in. Thinking, oh, Jordan Love's terrible. Like, oh, you see those those couple of bad throws he's made in those one or two games he's played. Like, therefore, he's terrible. Or go in thinking, like, oh man, like he's he's been sitting on the bench for four three or four, three years and is is going to be the next Packers quarterback who comes on the bench to be great. Like, I don't want to go in with a super biased opinion on because, like you like we talked about with Jordan Love, like I also want to be right. You know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> another team. Right. I still want to like be able to evaluate him fairly and be able to say either. Jordan love is good or Jordan love is not good. And I don't feel like I can say with us like a strong amount of confidence. I think, you know, much like a lot of young quarterbacks, like we've seen flashes where it's like, Oh man, like there's something there. And he looked like there were moments in those games where he looked a lot better than the guy at Utah state. Like when they drafted him, I was not a huge fan of him as a first round pick there. And I thought it was a little bit of an overdraft. I would have, eh, to me, he was a, a real project that needed some real work there. And there's some real signs of, that progress being made. But yeah. when you start to get to a wider sample size of live bullets flying over the course of a season, teams get tape on him, what he's good at, what he's not good at, how does he adjust to those kind of things? Like, I think that's when we'll really get to see what Jordan Love is and whether or not he can hold up as a long-term NFL starter.
0: I want to talk about the, the rosters and some of the changes that have been, that that have been made because I mentioned DJ Moore. I mentioned um, that, that first round, the number one overall pick that they turned into DJ Moore. I want to get, I'm going to get a reset on these rosters here. We're gonna do that in just a second, but first take your first swing at betting major league baseball on FanDuel, and you can get 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just $20 and you can get $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200. You can spend betting the money line. Uh, You can bet the total or who's going to hit the first home run. I don't know about you, Lauren, but I like to, I like to put a couple home run props together and, Mm -hmm. and really juice those odds. And when you hit one, you only have to hit one out of every like 12 times and, and you're, you're doing well. There's no better place to bet Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And I do have to tell you, I have the Bears under um, for the season. Um, Sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and you can get $200 in bonus bets. Uh, Your fans are going to be so mad. I'm so sorry. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Don't get mad at Lauren. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's my fault. Um. (laughs) <laughs> so let's talk about some of these additions because um they're they're I, you know I, I, some non-premium positions that they've added linebacker, um, tight end, but they did make the big move with DJ Moore, Darnell Wright at the top of the draft. What did you think? Let's just start with the free agent part of this.
1: Like, how much better did they get in free agency? I mean, I think they got incrementally better, but not you know, life-changingly better. Like, so, so for me, Ryan Poles, I think went into this offseason saying like, man, I got a thousand holes to fill here and I'm not going to fill all of them. So I'm going to kind of- I'm going to leave that there, but go ahead. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> but, uh, but but I'm going to let the market kind of guide me a little bit. Like, I think, you know, he wanted to go out and get a, a premium player. He had money to spend. Like he was going to have to spend money on somebody and, and seemed to be a pretty big fan of, of Tremaine Edmonds. But like outside of that, he, he, the Bears obviously clearly needed a pass rusher and they were in on some of the pass rushers, but didn't want to pay. Like they, they, I think they set a certain price point for pretty much every free agent and said, this is about what we're willing to pay. And the pass rushers clearly got out of their price range. A lot of the offensive linemen got out of their price range, but evidently Tremaine Edmonds stayed within, within that price range despite being a pretty high one, but everybody else was fairly low cost, relatively speaking, low guaranteed money type of contracts across the board. And I think bulls just said, all right, like, I'll, I'll plug some spots here, plug some spots there. And I know I'm not going to be able to plug everything. So let's just take what we can get and kind of see how many of those we can fill. And then knowing that you got draft picks as well to try and do some of that. But at the end of the day, like pass rush is such a humongous hole on this team right now. It is the number one weakness. It's clearly, I think on paper, the worst pass rush in the NFL after having been the worst pass rush in the NFL last season, still carrying that into this season, still time to add like a clowny or an N'Gakwe in free agency before training camp. But, you know, I think that there's a, there's a dream there, but, I don't know. They got got better, but even Ryan Poole said, like, after the draft, this roster's not done. Like, we still have holes. Not everything's going to be like he, when your GM outwardly admits, like, hey, we still have some problems here, then you kind of know where things are at team wise. Why isn't Justin Houston already on this team? They don't want to sign some older player just to win more games this season. Like, they do want to win games this season, but like, they know 2023
0: is not that's like they're not. He's not holding anyone on their roster back from doing anything. Like this is the this is the problem that I've had with the Packers' approach to safety. Like bringing, I understand not bringing in a veteran tight end now that you have two top hundred picks that you went out and you get Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. Okay, I get it. You don't want to have some veteran in there who's gonna play sixty percent of snaps because they're a veteran. They don't they don't have anyone else to play. He knows the system. He's gonna be great in the locker room. Like that to me is the is the kind of move that you just say, Hey Justin, you you don't have a lot of options right now. We get it. You're thirty four. I still think I, by the way, I still think he's a good player. Like he's probably going to, he would have better options in terms of teams, but maybe because they have a bunch of money still, they could just say, Hey, come here, play here for like $10 million. No other contender is going to give you that just on one year, 10 million. Let's do it. I, 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 I would see the value in that personally.
1: Yeah. And I, uh, to be clear, like, I agree with you 100%. I would say like the, from the bears perspective, no, I, think- I yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I do think there's this, not quite conspiracy, but among Bears fans that are holding out, they're like, "Okay, like these veterans just didn't want to show up for minicamp and OTAs, and they will show up for for, for training camp. And so that's when mm-hmm. they'll take that one one of these veterans will take that one-year, ten million dollar deal, show up for training camp because they didn't want to do minicamp and OTAs. And Ryan Poles secretly has this plan all along. The pass rusher still coming, you know, the the savior is on its way. But you know, uh, it does not his M.O. to sign an aging veteran. Every free agent they signed this year was like twenty-seven or twenty-eight and under, and it's just not." Not what they wanted to do from a team building perspective, but at some point it's such a big weakness. You got to do something about it.
0: That might actually be true about Jadavion Clowney. Like he might've actually just been like, you know what, let's talk in late August. Um, I did this on my show the other day and I would just love to get your perspective on it. I went, I went through and you you don't have to go literally spot by spot, but as you look at these two rosters, where do you think, I frame it this way with did I do it with the Bears? No, I think I did it with the Lions on Twitter. What position or position groups do you think Chicago will definitely be better than Green Bay in 2023? Or like some or like something close to definitely.
1: Yeah. Like where am I most confident that the Bears would be better than Green Bay position wise? I said, I said uh receiver.
0: Like it's pretty unlikely the Packers, all those like Jaden Reed turns into a star right away. Like I think the I think the Bears are clearly better receiver. Um, I think tight end for now, just because we'll see, yeah, I don't know. I'm not as confident. That I think the Packers, I think the Packers are more talented, certainly. And then linebacker is one of those interesting ones. Like Devondre Campbell has, his best season is better than anything. Those other two guys have done, but Quay Walker has not been as good as TJ Edwards. I think he has more upside, but like we have, we have to see that one. And then safety, like Eddie Jackson is just sort of the Trump card on that. Otherwise I'm sort of looking
1: around, like. I don't know. I think Green Bay has the advantage everywhere else. I mean, so, I mean, if if the threshold is definitely better, those are the three. I mean, I saw Kicker in there, but. Um, okay. But sure. 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 Those are the big three that I would agree Considering on. Considering we don't even know who's going to be in Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah, like wide wide receiver, linebacker, and safety were kind of the three that I was thinking. But but I, I think like it's closer to a toss-up. Like on the offensive line, I think there's some real confidence that this Bears line is really gonna gel that they upgraded center by getting rid of Sam Witzer, moving Cody Whitehead over, new right guard, new right tackle. They moved Tevin Jenkins, their best lineman to left guard. So like it feels like they upgraded more or less four positions or or sort of moved guys around yeah. to- the Packers lose. did that midseason last year when they moved around
0: every all these pieces and it was like, Oh yeah, this just fits better.
1: And that's not me saying I think the Bears offensive line will definitely be better than the Packers, but just more like I wouldn't give like a definitive like Packers are way better that way, too. But certainly like Green Bay is way ahead in the pass rush department in general. I would say, you know, edge and into your defensive line. Yeah. I would, certainly would give Green Bay the advantage. Cornerback is such a wild card for me with Chicago. It's like. I think the pass rush is going to be so bad that the, the cornerbacks are going to look worse, but the cornerbacks are kind of like the, bear, the, the Packers tight ends. Like there's a bunch of talent there. There's four, that secondary is four second round picks and Eddie Jackson right now. And you feel like Kyler Gordon, J- J- Jalen Johnson and Tyreek Stevenson, like maybe not right this second, they're better than green Bay. but they have that sort of like over time, maybe by the end of the season they're they're not going to be better than Jari Alexander by, by all means, but like they can be closer in that conversation than just like, Yeah. Like week one Packers cornerbacks, definitely better week 18. Maybe it's not as clearly. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not ready to go there, but I understand, I understand what you're saying. Like if, if I, cause I made the case for Quay Walker, just like, okay, upside, if he hits that, that high end, he can be better than, than TJ Edwards. If I'm going to allow myself to make that case, I have to be, I have to be fair to you and say, okay, I get where I get what you're saying. Draft pedigree, all that stuff. Like they have the, they, they have some talent in the secondary for sure. Um, I I like Jaquan Brisker next to Eddie Jackson too. I think it's not a coincidence that Eddie Jackson had had his best year in a couple seasons last year. At least that was my perception. Mm -hmm. Um, Playing next to someone like Jaquan Brisker, who by the way, early in his career, is able to do a lot of the things that Adrian Amos was able to do in Chicago next to Eddie Jackson the last time. Adrian Amos now in New York, no longer in Green Bay. So Last time they drafted a Penn State safety specifically. Oh, I didn't even think of that. But yeah, that, that, that is absolutely right. Do you, do you buy what FanDuel is selling on the improvement that this team has made, though, just, just on paper from a three-win team to a
1: team that, you know, 50-50 to win eight games? Yeah, like to me, that's that's like when we went through like schedule prediction and stuff. Like that's about the range I was in. Like seven to nine wins is kind of what I think the the most likely. Like yeah. I don't. Or double the. It's win? hard to win only three games. Like it takes a tremendous amount of just like yeah. bad stuff to happen. Like, like at a minimum, I think they double their wins from last season. Like I, I, I can't, it's hard to envision minus some you know other than like Justin Fields injury. Like of course that would that could derail everything. But like assuming a normal level of injury situation. I don't think they're going to do worse than six wins next season. They they play a couple easy teams on the schedule that should be a couple easy wins, and I think this this Bears team feels to me like a team that will win a game or two that they're not supposed to, but then will lose a game or two that they're not that they're not supposed to, and ultimately that leaves them around yes seven eight maybe nine wins, and it all just kind of depends on how great Justin Fields is and also how bad this Bears pass rush is.
0: Thank God, both the Packers and the Bears fans want so desperately to be on the right side of those two games, whatever it is, we we have to win the games that we were supposed to win in these matchups. There's nothing worse from Packer fans perspective than losing a game to the bears that you absolutely should have won. The game in 2010 at home is one of those games that still haunts Packer fans. How did that ball stay in bounds? Lauren, tell me how that ball stayed in bounds. I will never understand it. They need we need a sports science on it. We need a congressional investigation on it. I still can't believe it stayed in bounds. Uh, We're going to finish up here. Um, thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers and locked on bears, their first listens every day. You can't do both. Right. But e- you guys get it either or, um, I, I would love for you to check out locked on sports today. The biggest stories in sports. We have Lauren on there, big bears news. We we had with the number one overall pick stuff. We we were, we were talking about it. I think we, I think we talked about Terrell or Tr- Terrell, Tremaine Edmonds on there. Um, so it's the biggest stories in sports. Um, it's like the first 15 minutes of sports center In under 20 minutes, we do it. And like Sports Center might not exist in a year or two. So get in, get in early on, on sports today. Uh, this is the, the question that I always ask uh, as we head into the season when we do our big NFC North roundtables. And it's my favorite question to ask. Why is, why is it going to be different this year than it was last year? And in the Bears case, and the year before that, and the year before that, like, we, I, 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 don't have to, I don't have to, you know, gild the lily on this, but why is it going to be different this year?
1: Yeah, it's it's tough because it's like it, it literally, it has to be like, right? Like, one of the things you said earlier, like, <laughs> three games in a row, two seasons, in a, or three games, two seasons in a row. Like, it just by definition has to be better. This season, but I think you know if you want to like give like more of a, a real analysis there, you look at how many games the Bears lost by one score last season. I don't actually have the number in front of me, but it was like six or seven games out of their 13 losses, and those tend to be like coin flips. So presumably, you flip a few of those plus you know, a couple other games. Like this was a team that, despite how bad they were last season. Justin Fields kept them, Justin Fields and company, not all him, kept them in games to the very end. And they they put a pretty big scare in even the Philadelphia Eagles. They, they ended up losing that game by by five, but it, it was tight down to the very end. It was a, a single-digit loss in that game. They almost beat the Miami Dolphins in a, in a shootout. They almost beat the Lions one of those times, the Falcons. I mean, they were, they were right up there with some teams that were either playoff teams or borderline playoff teams down the stretch last season. And you felt like, okay, you take that team that maybe was starting to put a little something together add some better free agents add some draft picks take away some of the excuses around Justin Fields and it's like all right it's go time and if like that's why things will be different in 2023 is if Justin Fields takes that next step those losses become wins and and this team is closer to 500 and on the high end of the scale maybe sniffing around a 7th wild card spot but probably not
0: 1 and 7 in one score games thank you that is that is brutal um, I am not the teams need to learn how to win. I, like I, I, I believe in the math that these things vary wildly over time. Um, they were one in three in games decided by a field goal or less. So that's, uh, that's not ideal, but also to your point about Justin Fields, I went back and looked at it. There were a number of those games where they had the ball late with a chance to either clinch it or go in and tie or take the lead. And Justin Fields turned them all over. And so it's like, okay, that's, that's where you need for as bad as the defense was. And man, was it bad? They had opportunities late in these games and they were not able to do it. I, I think you're right that if he can take even just an incremental step, that should flip a couple of these games. And like, I don't, I don't think they're going to be five and what's the math now? Five and 12, yeah. um, five and it used to be five and 11, five, five, twelve. Five, five five and 12. 12. Yeah. um, I don't think they're going to be five and 12 bad. I just don't. Um, I think, I think you're right in that like six to uh, nine is a lot. Nine, nine feels like a lot, but six to eight, that feels like the right. And that makes, okay. If the total is seven and a half, is it still seven and a half? Um, that feels, that feels about right to me.
1: I will say as far as like, when you, when we use the term turnover for Justin Fields, a lot of those were turnover on downs and not like interceptions or fumbles. And for example, and I, not to like, I don't want to nitpick every single one, but like there was one, it was a fourth down ball goes through of St. Brown's hands. Like it hits him in the hands and he can't. That, catch is, that
0: is every, every Justin Fields capers favorite play that one.
1: Well, but, but there's also like <laughs> sack against the lions on a fourth and 10. And it's like, is the sack his fault? He sort of, but also what he can't throw it away. He's trying to hold on to the ball to yeah. make a play. No one's open. There's some pass rush coming after him. Like it is, the I mean, he does take too many sacks. That is a very fair criticism, but like, on fourth and ten in that moment, it's not like he took a sack he wasn't supposed to. Like he could he could have chucked it up and had an interception, and then the criticism happens either way. So, like, yes, there were some games where Fields missed some throws late in the game that you really should have. But it's not like you know, like when we, we I feel like when we hear the phrase like Justin Fields turned the ball over, we think Jay Cutler, you know, in the fourth quarter, some of those games back in the day is just throwing these reckless interceptions in the fourth quarter. And you're like, God dang it, Jay. Like, what are you doing? And it never felt like, oh man, Justin just made That's funny.
0: That was never my reaction.
1: No, no, Slightly different reaction. There, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it is. You know, I, I think Packer fans certainly will remember in Chicago the two interceptions late to clinch that one, and so there, there, that is that is going to be something that, that Packer fans certainly will be like, eh, Well, certain we, those were turnovers. Those were not turnovers. On, those were like you threw the ball to the wrong team. Um, and, and one of those led to the Christian Watson touchdown, which made it a two score game, not just a one score game, which is why that Packers loss was not a one score loss. So I didn't even make you answer the Justin Jones comments, Lauren. So, um, I can't, I can't control my defensive tackles, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, just like, I'm going to repeat it for your listeners. It is not Lauren's fault. If I said something that, you, that you didn't like. Okay. So please. It's also not my fault that this template is green and yellow. That is the lock. No, and it's not my fault either. Actually, it talked to David Locke, the guy who started this company, picked these colors a long time ago. So look, they are what they are. If you're seeing us on YouTube, it's green and yellow. You're welcome. Packer fans, Bears fans. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. But Lauren, thank you. So I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry to you a little, Lauren. I I do. I, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Cause you're gonna hear about it. I know you are. So uh it's always great to talk to you, man. I really appreciate it. And we'll uh we'll talk
1: soon. We're like uh, this is we're almost there. This is almost this is almost gonna get started here soon. You can tell we've been doing this for a long time because we're we're becoming more and more friends where you're not you're not talking as much crap to me about it. You're feel you're actually feeling bad <laughs> for me for all the green and everything. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Wow. Thanks
0: for this. too. Thanks to Lauren. Such a great sport to come on. Uh he is one of the more even handed analysts that covers the bears. That, that I know. I spe- certainly someone who does takes for a living. Not someone who's just like, okay, here is what happened. This job is inherently about providing some analysis, some some insights, some, some takes. You got to let the takes fly a little bit. And it, it's hard to be even-handed doing that. Um, and Bears Twitter is a wild, raucous place, uh, to put it mildly. So, I, uh, I really appreciate and respect the work that he does. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow me on threads, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow me on Spoutable, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow me on Mastodon, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow me on, what's the latest one? Blue Sky, at Peter Bukowski. You guys, this is, we need to pick one and stick with it, please. Thank you. Uh, anytime you want to come hang out with us live on Instagram. Instagram. We might do some Instagram lives. But also... Anytime you wanna come and hang out with us, if if threads takes off, we gotta do some Instagram lives, come hang out with us on YouTube. Big stuff happening on YouTube. Uh subscribe over on YouTube so you can stay locked on time.